said talk to me, damn it, or else I'm gonna throw you in the fire! You stupid bitch, you filthy slut! Did you fuck with me? Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from ColdSplantation.com, and I'm joined by my co-host Martin. How's it going? Uh, and I think we need to start off with an apology and a long story about the reasoning why we've been so late on our recent podcast episodes. But first, we're sorry. That's right. Yeah, Nice big apology. Like Sorry. A, it's like uh, one of those YouTube apology videos. We're going to do one of those. Uh, I was thinking more like a, uh, South Park's uh, BP oil spill and the <laughs> yeah. guys go, we sorry. 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 That's right. Well, ours was probably a little bit less avoidable than an oil spill. <laughs> uh, but so we had originally planned on doing Child's Play, the remake. Right after Ryan's birthday, which was a good three weeks ago. Yeah. we uh, So we were going to do that. That was in theaters right, you know, right at that time. And we went to go see the film. And the film projector at our local movie theater, and as you uh, may remember from our other episodes, we only have one. Now. We only have one theater in the area. In like a 50-minute vicinity. Uh, the one theater, their film projector broke when we were going to see Child's Play. So, um, I'll tell you one person who was upset, my dad. Because <laughs> my dad really I was wanted a, to see I it. was upset, too, because yeah. we were debating, like, should we just do f- f- go see Spider-Man Far From Home and... Right, and, and just skip do, over Child's bu- Play. And, and, well, or I'll bump it up at least, you know, switch right. the schedule. I was like, no, because I, I really did have my heart set that night. And you, you wanted to see it was 90- Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah. You wanted to see uh, Mechanical Chucky Doll. Oh, yeah. You want, you, you just, I want Mark Hamill. You were not anticipating That's... seeing Tom Holland again on no, screen. wasn't ready. No. Um, so yeah, was, I, I, I mean, I was, I was ready. I was torn. I was like, Marissa Tomei and Aubrey Plaza, that's a movie I'd like to see. <laughs> so, so like we, obviously we were disappointed that we weren't able to get there to see Child's Play, but we did try again. So we tried, uh, another time to go see Child's Play and now the theater is only showing it at an, the ungodly hour <laughs> of 930 at night. Um, 935. On a school night. 935. Yeah. So yeah. we it just didn't work out. It just it it wasn't going to work out where we could get to it and be able to do the show and and not push everything back cuz now Spider-Man Far From Home is getting pushed back in our agenda because we couldn't get to see either of them. Basically we're like at a at a stalemate. We're like do we see Child's Play? Do we see Spider-Man Far From Home? What do we do? Ultimately, no one of you at home cares <laughs> what we do on our schedule and you listen to whatever we put out. Um but but we we were at a stalemate, and uh, eventually we, we were, just decided we, we, we could have seen it during like during your birthday week. But some asshole Canadians decided. That's uh, true. Canadians came down and ruined and ruined it. Yeah, we actually did talk about going to see Child's Play too. We just didn't get time. So I'm sure you had time. You um, set away for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, it is disappointing that we didn't get to the uh, to see the new Child's Play. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. We're going to have to catch it when it comes out on home video. Um, you know, like the cavemen used to do. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's all right. We'll, 
you know, instead we got to something else. We get to do something else that we had talked about doing. And I had said, I expressed my wishes that I wanted to do it. Uh, we're going to cover the original child's play instead. The one from 1988, the one that serendipitously also has a Tom Holland involved in its production. <laughs> uh, this would be writer director, Tom Holland and not the, uh, young suave Tom Holland from Spider-Man, but spoiling all the Marvel secrets. That's uh, Tom Holland all the same. So we're actually, you know what? We're getting both. We're getting some of Child's Play. We're getting some of Spider-Man in this movie. So we're, we're hitting the best of both worlds here. Um, and just to know, I think we're going to, we're going to try to do Spider-Man Far From Home, right? Like maybe, maybe next week we'll try yeah, to hit it. Probably couldn't uh, see it. Ho- hopefully the theater hasn't already like, <laughs> cast it aside to like the 10 o'clock 10 p.m slot for two and a half hours no there's not another marvel film for like probably now for like eon so so that's the thing though about living in such a rural area like we do like literally we got in a 50 mile radius this was the one theater and the one theater had its projector broken so we're fucked out of luck that's it it's a great time to live in rural upstate new york yeah and another funny story that I need to tell, too, about when we were going to see Child's Play. So my parents were going to tag along. My dad wanted to see Child's Play. Uh, my mom and sister, my sister who's 26, she wanted to see 25, 26. She wanted to see um, Toy Story 4. So my mom was going to go with my sister to see Toy Story 4. Well, we're standing there. We're, we're, uh, they just gave us the bad news. The Child's Play's projector's broken. And, um, you know, we're, it, it's like around 7 o'clock. The show's about to start at 7.05. My parent, my mom is pretty much just like, you're on your own, guys. Uh, we're going to see Toy Story 4. Um, and she was like to my father, like, you find your own way home. Uh, decide what you want to do. We're going to go see the movie. So it's pretty funny. I, I do enjoy the antics that my parents get up to where my mom just basically treats my dad like a, a pile of garbage sometimes. <laughs> leaves him to fend for himself. So uh, I ended up having to take him home because we decided not to see a movie that night. So... Fun times all around there at the movie theater to go see Child's Play. Everybody went home disappointed. So, Oh, your mom did too? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Probably not, actually. You shouldn't have to drive my dad home. So I know, but how was Toy Story 4? I don't know. Actually, Was I it the really same a- toy shenanigans? I, I didn't really always? ask him, actually. Um, if they got this little, like, sp- sporky. Spork- yeah, sporky, sporky. Mm. I don't know. I, I'm I, not I, even caught up. I haven't seen Toy Story three, so no, neither. I said I. to them, I was like, absolutely not. I cannot see Toy Story four yet. I I stopped after Toy Story two. You know, um, Kelsey. It's, uh, a, it's on principle. The principle of the matter is that I think it should stop at Toy Story two. I don't want any <laughs> more sequels. That's it. Stop giving Tim Allen that money. That's right. So that's it's the principle of the matter where I'm like, no thanks. I don't want any more Toy Story. Pixar's just going. Creatively bankrupt now. When they're out of run out of ideas, let's make another Toy Story. Let's make it's another car. It's very true, and they just go yeah. right on to the next one. Yeah. So, all right, but uh, yeah, so we got a good. It's still got a good show. For, I don't want to make it seem like uh, we don't have a good show. We got no. We should preface I, it right I, now. I no, we should no, sound like no, a late night. No, host. Like, we I should, don't want to make it sound should. like we got a bad show here. We got a good show. We got guests on here. We got, we got what are you, Conan? I'm <laughs> yeah, Andy right. Rector. Yeah, right. Basically, so you call yeah. me fat. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. we got a good show. We got a show tonight. Bring the wife and have her be Max Weinberg. No. <laughs> Max, wait, no, you no. see this? No, see wait, wait, no, wait, no, it's it's Quest Love now, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, no, it's yeah, on Jimmy roots. Fallon. No, well, oh yeah, no, Jimmy Fallon has the roots. I don't know. Is Max Weinberg? I haven't watched like late night in forever. I, so, I mean, I just I just reminded myself of a late night host. That's all I'm saying. But 
<laughs> no, you are very much going on. We got a great show. Great show tonight. Great show. Good show. Good tonight, show. Uh, tonight we got uh, Jenny Lewis here. Jenny Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> New album. It's yeah. going to be great. And, I wish um, you had Jenny Lewis on the show. Oh. Maybe when she comes to Albany, well, Clifton Park in October, we'll get her on. We'll swing that, you know. But like I said, we I mean, we, we've got Charles play. We're doing the 1988 <laughs> version. Just moving on. Uh, the 1988 version of Child's Play. Um, the only version. It's true. It's got Brad Dorf. Brad Dorf. We got uh, Chris Sarandon in there. Um, it's it's actually uh, one of those films that has stuck around, despite the fact, despite basically everything going against this movie, <laughs> like absolutely everything going against this movie. Um, now. Go ahead. This would be a film that I think gets often compared to Leprechaun. Yeah. Because they're both goofy, comedic, like, um, ridiculously premised horror films. Yeah, I think, like, um, that might be the case because people are thinking of, like, the the later um, movies in the series, like, you know, Child's Play 2 or Child's Play 3, basically Andy goes to the military. Um, But I think, like... Is that what the... Yeah, I to be honest with you, Child's Play 2 and 3, I don't remember worth a damn. I just know in the fourth one, you know, they bring Jennifer Taylor yeah, in. Yeah, the third one, Child's Play 3 is basically Annie goes off to boot camp sort of thing. Um, so I would say, like, Leprechaun's comparisons to the later Child's Play movies are pretty apt. Uh, for the first Child's Play, uh, as we see, this movie is playing it pretty, pretty seriously. Uh, it's not really a... Well, not only that, it's a billion times better, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not really a tongue-in-cheek movie, but you're right. Thinking about the premise behind Child's Play, which is kind of what I meant when I said everything Mm. going against this movie, um, it sounds extremely goofy. It sounds stupid. Um, at this point in time, there had already been puppet movies before. Uh, it's not like we got killer. We didn't have killer dolls. I mean, think about the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. episode with um, Talking Tina. Um, would have been probably you know one of those uh, episodes that influenced Child's Play in a way. It's, but it's not like in Child's Play. Maybe that's why the title card sequence to this is, like comes off like a TV show B movie. Yeah, just you immediately know, just, slammed just... <laughs> in. Like uh, yeah, that's no what I said. Th- about no the, thought at all. Just... The intro too is kind of uh, interesting because. Like, it's just like you're in the middle of a scene, things are happening, and you know, normally title cards, you wait until the end of that, like, little sting scene at the beginning of the film, uh, you know, that's called, like, a cold open, mm-hmm. uh, and then you wait for that cold open to be over, and then you get that little, uh, credit sequence. No, no, Child's Play is just like, fuck it, you know, right in the middle of a scene, just like, bleep, there's Child's Play, this well, is what it like, is. Oh, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, but, like, you know how... Older films especially tended to have a credit sequence that sort of it ended a scene, you get the title card, and then the credit sequence just plays over like static shot yeah. for, you know, a couple minutes as the, as you get all the credits. That's not the case <laughs> to Child's Play. They're just like, fuck it. We're going to do like Brad, a TV as, intro as, opening of like, here's Chris Sarandon, you know, then, coming into the scene. And here's Brad Dorf going, you asshole! Mm-hmm. You fucking cocksucker! You know, I... Dude, dude, here's Tom Holland, director. You Play know. it in. Play the jazz music. Yeah. All, all, all it needed was a little Holiday Road. So, I think, like, Child's Play itself, 
it definitely has a lot going against it because it doesn't seem like it would be a serious movie. Uh, and now, especially for contemporary viewers, knowing what they know about the existence of Seed of Chucky and, you know, Cult of Chucky, yeah, Cult of Chucky and shit like that. Um, thinking back on Child's Play, if you hadn't seen Child's Play now, you would probably think, oh, well, that's like the start of the goofiness of the series. And kind of like with how when we just did our Scream retrospective, we talked about how a lot of the things that people associate with Scream that really weren't there in the first one. I would say the same thing with Child's Play, because I think the first film gets associated often with it being really fucking campy and goofy. Yeah, campy, cheesy, and I was in that same boat, because I haven't seen the original Child's Play in, like, probably 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was surprised by, by the overall tone. And I didn't know it was done by Tom Holland, so, you know. Double whammy there. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's like, oh... Did Fright Night, so it's a yep. it's a an accomplished director and writer. Sure. So. Here's an interesting note about Tom Holland too that I think might sway some people thinking about him now as well. So Tom Holland had a really good career in the '80s. He did Fright Night, Fright Night Part Two. No, you know, people don't love Fright Night Part Two, but did Fright Night Part Two. He did a few other films that were really really successful in the '80s along with Child's Play, and then he hit like the 2000s. And like many, you know, masterful horror creators, just completely forgot how to make a film. Because, like, (laughs) if you've seen any of, like, his recent output, like, some of his recent output that he's done, uh, just completely so, so terrible, like, really low-budget indie terrible movies. Like, I think he did one that I watched not too long ago, just like a fucking three-hour slog of various short stories, like an anthology series called Tom Holland's Twisted Tales or some shit like that. Just all of them were very awful. And it's so interesting to watch, like, people who did so well in the 80s, you know, had great successful horror careers, and they get to the 2000s and they just, like, completely forget what they're doing. Like, no idea how to be suspenseful anymore. Yeah, like like John Carpenter. Exactly. Or George Romero it, it's or, very, or Toby yeah. Hooper. It's just very like, interesting to see that, like, this is what we did in the 80s. We were really successful. And you get to a, a new moment in time, a new era, and it's like all of that just goes out the window. I think and, once you, like, because I'm pretty sure they're all, like, heavy smokers. Once, like, you smoke a certain amount of menthols, like, you're, there's just a switch in your brain where it's like, ah, just become totally fried. Yeah. Don't know what to do anymore. The one thing I will say about Tom Holland, though, is that he is really open to, like, low-budget low things, really um, open to the fans. So there is entirely a possibility that he's going to, you know, maybe even listen to this episode and be like, oh, shit. If they hated my <laughs> they hated my later work. I don't know. But uh, I just know that he's, like... Uh, you know, a person that still is very open to his fans and I think really open especially to people who love Frightening because that's really his big thing. Big, big, big um, movie uh, that uh, has really stuck with him, even uh, over Child's Play. So, yeah, with Child's Play, um, like I was saying before, you, you know, you have the whole jokey atmosphere of, like, this is about a doll. Like, this is about a, a doll that comes to life and through voodoo through through yeah through voodoo well they call it gg gg in this movie i don't know what gg is i've never come across that terminology in my studies of african and uh haitian culture <laughs> uh but uh yeah so you have that goofy atmosphere but at the same time uh tom holland and um the story by don mancini 
none of it is really like focused on hyping up that like goofiness or cheesiness of the film. The child's play itself really takes itself really seriously. Outside of the fact that Brad Dorf is a cartoon character, even before he's a doll. Yeah. The way he's just like, yeah, motherfucker, you know, running around. And- sure. I mean, I think they, that they allowed Dorf to play up like the whole, you're a criminal. You know, you're, you're a, you're, you're, a, you're an extra from Death Wish you're, 4. You're a hash slinging slasher <laughs> or whatever they call him. What is he? A lakeshore slasher or yeah. something like that. Uh, I can't remember exactly what they, what their name for him is, but um, basically, and, and also the one thing I do love about Child's Play is that it's so vapid in the way that it just, uh, you're just pulling out the, the verbiage there and vapid, serendipitous, but but it is, it does, it just glances over like what Charles Lee Ray has done. They're just like, yeah, he's a killer. He works with this guy. He's into voodoo. Like. He's also, That's it. What is he, a robber? You know, <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he... he's like Home Alone style robber. And like they he was really... originally part of the Wet Bandits, but you know, Joe Pesci had to kick him out after, you know. Well, you know, you can't have two of, you know, the uh, dorky sidekick <laughs> guys. Joe Pesci was like, there's only room for one of these guys here. I'm going to go with the one who's not a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole idea behind Charles E. Ray as a character in Child's Play is really, really um, limited. In in scope, like you don't get very much at all about him as a character. No, he's just a piece of shit. I think. Like, the, I think it would be better though because they call him, you know, the sh- like strangler or whatever. Yeah, some, some have every of... have every kill he does be some like form of like strangling, somebody. like an actual mo to his to his killings. Yeah, not fucking. I got a plastic knife, knife like a or, operation style or a scalpel, or you know, plastic hammer and fucking yeet a bitch out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, like that is one of the issues that I have with Child's Play is that Charles Lee Ray as a character is really not fleshed out. Uh, like even what we get about him, what we learn about him, is all happenstance. Like you know, like he goes by Chucky because his <laughs> name's Charles. You know, uh, they, and they really um, don't spend a lot of time on him as a character and him as a killer. That sort of indicates why he would be into Gigi. And come back from the dead and be obsessed with, you know, tracking down people that he was uh, associated with in his former life. None of that really comes out in Child's Play. It's very, very glossed over. And I think um, the only real thing that we get is when we go to his lair. And you see, like, this guy's obsessed with himself. He's got a fucking mural of his gigantic dick on the wall. (laughs) Um, You know, that's the only real concrete thing that we get about Charles Lee Ray. And I think that he looks like Tommy Wiseau. And then he looks like Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Before Tommy Wiseau was a thing. Yes. Um, and I think the only reason that Chucky does work as well as he does is because he has Brad DeRiff to give him a little bit of nuance to the character, you know, and that nuance may be, he is like absolutely over the top, with his vocal inflections and what he, and the lines he delivers, but at least there is some sort of personality there. Whereas I feel like if it was just left up to somebody else who was like, yeah, you're a serial killer that's taken the body of a doll, like have at it here, be the voice. It probably would have failed in a lot of ways because there's just not much to go on. At least Dorif gives some sort of personality. personality. Yeah. Personality to the, per, to the doll and to his own character. Because I feel like that was really somewhere that they they forgot to flesh out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, 
even with the plot, they still take it very seriously. And as a film, Child's Play really doesn't um, stray too far from the, the path that it sets for itself from the very beginning. Um, it's a film about a kid who gets a doll, a, a good guy doll. That good guy doll is... Laziest marketing in the world. I want a good guy doll. Yeah. Not like I want super action doll, you know, just like, it's just a good guy. It's kind of funny because them naming the doll good guy is sort of an irony because he ends up being a bad guy. But it's, it, you're right, it is very lazy. And the other thing is that if I was a kid and I saw this cartoon about a good guy doll like coming to the rescue of a kid who's like been bullied, I'd be like, this is so fucking lame. Even, even... Whatever, how old that is, uh... Apparently he's Andy six, but, six years but, old. He, but he doesn't seem... He seems like he's, like, three or four Even years old. Even six years old, Andy knows that the good guy commercials and the whatever the cartoon is that he's watching is fucking lame. Because he, he sees it for a second and he's like, I've seen this one! And he's like, I'm not fucking watching that again. That was horrible the first time. I'm but not how gonna watch 80s, it again. But how 80s, though, too. And remember, kids, make sure you tell your parents that you want a good guy doll. You... That, that comes with three phrases and, you know. That was sort of the uh, 80s version of ask your parents before going on the internet. In well, the, but the, they're selling you shit, you yeah, know. So, they're, you know. True. So, it's just like how, like, 80s. Like, remember, like, at the end of, like, a G.I. Joe, Joe commercial, you know, like, yeah. have, like, the PSA. And, like, remember, kids, stay safe, don't do drugs, take your vitamins, and make sure you tell mom that you want a G.I. Joe doll. <laughs> it's only four ninety five. Parts sold separate. We, we, we saw this in uh, Jingle All the Way, for God's sake. Absolutely. With Turbo Man. Turbo Man. <laughs> um, yeah, that, a lot of the same factors are at play in Child's Play. You know, you have that one doll that you just, your kid just gotta have. And we it, don't even know how... Ex- do, they, do they say how expensive the good guy doll is when no, you but I ima- see it? I imagine it's... They were pro- I imagine the way... Because the Cabbage Patch Kids were like a big thing like around yeah. that time, too. And like... For like a, like an eighty five or eighty six or whatever the hell it was like hard like like for Christmas like impossible to get one because they were so fucking popular so probably could be the same thing and plus this m- mom she's a single mom single mom in Chicago living in a completely she, very nice uh, apartment in Chicago yeah so really uh, when, when she works can, for a department store in the jewelry you can expect ninety yeah. percent of the paycheck to be going to this apartment <laughs> building because it's very swanky it's got an elevator that just is in the center of the building. Actually, well uh, maintained, like stairwell, which you don't often see mm. in like the Chicago p- apartments of the '80s or like New York City apartments of the '80s. Like here, or any any like, city, they all they all treat them yeah. the same as like there's here's hobos by their burn barrel and you know, <laughs> yeah, like the dingy ass apartments of yeah. it. like if you think like think about Candyman because Candyman, watching this movie now, Candyman has a lot of uh, very similar. Um, exteriors, exteriors. I, mean, I was thinking like take the, place I, in Chicago. I was and, thinking like the crow. Yeah, yeah. Except the kind of nineties it up with like the flames and fire and all that. But you know, yeah. And and you know, it's it's just funny because that is. It looks like she's living in a very nice apartment. It has a fucking gas f- flamed fireplace. Just, I know. Seems like a very big. Fire she has hazard. like she has like in the background, like one of the foreground shots before, like when she's trying to convince Chucky to wake the fuck up and speak, damn it. In the f- background, you can see there's this, like, architect-style, like, designer, like, desk that she's got. Hmm. Why the hell she got, like, a art desk, like, in the back that's, like, perfectly off to the side? And Yeah. 
Is that what she does in her spare time? She's going to night school to become an architect? I don't know. You know. Um, we don't know specifically how much Chucky is, or, or the good guy doll. Uh, but we do know that she pays $30 for it. She pays out, out the nose for it when she's uh, well, and spe- and getting speak- it from a hobo. And speaking of wasting money, let's talk about that opening scene. Young Andy bringing in breakfast, back breakfast in bed to his mother. That is true. Just wasting money. Yeah, I was thinking half a thing of country crock on her toast. Yeah, couple Don't... pieces of bread that are just wasted. The other, yeah. part, the other going stale as he leaves the bread open. Half a box of cereal, he yeah. just pours in, runs to his mom because he's so happy to serve her breakfast, spilling orange juice and milk all over the fucking floor. Yeah, I'd put a stop to that real quick. <laughs> The irony is that it's his birthday. Yeah, so, so what the hell is Why that? is he working? This kid hasn't learned yet. You don't work <laughs> on your birthday. Or if you do work on your birthday, you half-ass it. <laughs> you say, it's my fucking birthday. I'm not working hard today. Um, Act like the prettiest princess. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I did think that, you know... Him working on that breakfast was pretty excessive, you know, for, if I was for his, a single mom. If I was his mom and, like, I saw, like, that toast with that mound of butter on it, <laughs> I would be like, you eat this. You tell him, it, does this look good, good to you? you? He'd you, probably say yes, yeah. Yeah, you fucking eat this, you little shithead. What's it taste like? Oh, ash and butter? Because you burnt the toast and... <laughs> yeah, that's, teach him how to cook early. It's like, uh, what's, what's that, that uh, show where the... You know, the... Master Chef Kids? Yeah, Master Chef Kids. That's what it is, yeah. Teach them how to cook early. Um, yeah, but... So, one thing that does stick out to me, too, about Andy, though, too, is, is at the... Uh, his birthday, on that day, he opens the presents at, like, 6.30 in the morning, and he finds out, ah, oh, he didn't get a uh, good guy doll. However... Let's just talk about how his mom decided to wrap his fucking clothes <laughs> in the largest fucking refrigerator box that she could find. So he's expecting this to be some grandiose was... gift, and it's fucking jeans. Well, you know, that's, that's the other thing, too. Like, Six-foot like, box. That's the other dichotomy, too, is they, they she has a pretty nice apartment, but we know she doesn't have a good job. Yeah. And she's like, oh, clothes for your birthday, you know, type yeah. of thing. And, like, if we hem them up and all that, they'll fit perfectly. Yeah. She's at a weird, uh... So, like, they can't make up their mind, yeah, like, you she's know. She's a weird, weird spot in, like, I guess... You know, she was able to find a like, really good apartment, but it's like, ah, it's fucking bleeding us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell exactly where she stands economically, but we can tell at least that she has a shitty job. Because her boss is an asshole, um... Forces her to work like whenever he wants her to because hey, no one you just, else can cover jewelry. Hey, hey, you just worked a ten-hour shift. Guess what? I need you to come back in an hour and a half, even though it's your son's birthday, and work jewelry. It's an emergency. You know how many fucking plastic pearls we sell out of here at seven o'clock at night? A lot. We sell a lot here at J.C. Penney. So you get your ass back here, and you work. That's right. I'll cover for you. No, you do fucking shoes. <laughs> Clearly, get your ass back into the shoe department, Al Bundy. Clearly, a woman <laughs> who works shoes cannot understand the nuance of selling. Jewelry. Maybe it's because she doesn't have like the key ring for it. Maybe to get into yeah, the, you know, maybe. like you expect to get into the you know the glass case without the the, the keys. keys? No, I don't think so. No, no. but uh, yeah. Wait, you want you want work jewelry? I gotta transfer your hours over to that department. You know how much time it takes to code all that in? No, 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 no. You you. 
you fucking stay in shoes. And the uh, the worst thing about that is, since they didn't allow her to work in jewelry, now they actually need to find a new employee for shoes <laughs> because she got thrown out a window. No, she got yeeted. She got yeeted out a window. So it ended up worse for them in the long run <laughs> because she's now dead. <laughs> I imagine that happens quite a bit in Chicago already, so <laughs> it doesn't. It makes sense that she had to. Call well, her people jewelry. just get. Well, people get yeeted. Well, not only that, but just like you know, random ass murders that people don't come into work, especially in the eighties. <laughs> but you know, that's probably why she had to cover in jewelry. Oh no, somebody in else the, died. Oh, well, they're in Detroit. RoboCop would have. Oh, know. that is true though too. Yeah, RoboCop would have would have saved them. Um. But yeah, so we know that she doesn't have a great job, and we know that when it, the the film starts, Andy is extremely depressed that he didn't get a good guy doll. Some we can we can still blame his mother though because she should not have given him a box that looked exactly like a good guy doll. So that was her fault. That's on her. You know, what a waste of wrapping paper. And sh- yeah, seriously. And shit to- don't get his expectations up by making it look like a good guy doll when it's always fucking the- jeans. Let's say that's always the best part about Christmas when you see like a perfectly rectangular thin box like oh i know it's closed you know yeah, yeah for sure yeah never so once never once about never once on christmas day i opened the big box like really you just put like four shirts in yeah. you know <laughs> yeah but the other thing too is that like you don't need a coffin sized box for for clothes i mean no no one's ever like you know what i'm gonna do here i'm gonna pack 30 shirts in this box well maybe she went instead of like talking to the peddler the peddler who's still the good guy doll, she went to a fucking morgue and yeah. talked to a mortician. He's like, I got a coffin full of clothes. She probably got all of those for free from JCPenney, where she works. That's probably why. Well, they call it some other department store, but it's, it's fucking JCPenney. Gimbals. It's gimbals. Um, yeah, so we know that. So, like, she's got, she's struggling. And she doesn't get her son, the good guy doll. So she has to find a hobo who's selling a good guy doll on the street. A peddler. A peddler. Okay, sorry. They yes. love... We'll use the 80s term peddler. They, that's, I just love he's it. Cl- well, clearly he's not a peddler. A peddler is somebody who's just selling, like... Wares. Yeah, watches from his from his overcoat. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking more like D&D. Like, you walk, <laughs> you walk into the market and see a peddler, you yeah. know, se- selling... All types of wares for you to use. Yeah, I mean, I think we can just not go some you know with va- straight up homeless vagabond yeah. who's you know yeah yeah that definitely the homeless of Chicago is what they should call him. Uh, so she has to buy this good guy. Doll well, that's that's from... a, that's a little long winded. The homeless. homeless Where did you get it from? The homeless of Chicago. No, it's the actual <laughs> company, the homeless of Chicago. You oh. never heard of them before? No, why would the, I? The homeless of Chicago. What the, no, <laughs> what the hell do they do? <laughs> Yeah, they just create knockoff good guy dolls. That's what they do. Uh, so she buys this good guy doll and she brings it home. You know, and th- the one thing about this is that could have been a really great lesson for Andy for him to knock at a good guy doll this year. Just like it would have been great in Jingle All the Way not to go out and try to find your son the best doll on the marketplace. Well, and, you know what? That's called disappointment. Well, you know, well, not only that, not only that, this movie at least gets it right. The doll. They learn their lesson. Don't go to a fucking crackhead peddler. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't get it from the that doll. Might have a voodoo curse and jingle all the way. No lessons learned. Yeah. Fucking Arnold wins. Phil Hartman's fucked, and goddamn little Anakin gets his. Jake Lloyd gets his Turbo Man doll too. In- instead of the good guy doll, she she should have put the uh, receipt for the rent and said, "You know what? 
We're not homeless this month. So that's your birthday present. <laughs> Should have put a, th- a t- empty tub of cr- country crock. Like, See this? Here's your birthday present. You used it all already. <laughs> Stop but they did, fucking but, wasting the groceries. Perfect, like, uh, Tupperware. Oh, the, uh, the country, country crock. Cr- oh, God, the 90s. We had, like... they call it a crock. I was going to say, we had all the... Like, that was our Tupperware. It was I'm just empty. sorry you were poor. <laughs> <laughs> you had to use... You had to use country crock containers as your Tupperware. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That is true. I mean, you might have a little cancer now from reusing, like, uh, containers with, you know, bleaching well, bleaching plastic. I am but... growing moles. They shouldn't be growing on my skin right <laughs> yeah, now. So. You may have a little bit of cancer, but, mm. uh, you know, probably not advisable anymore to use those. Your family didn't containers. have country crock. No, uh, not really. I don't think so. I mean, we used other containers, but we didn't. we used Gatorade bottles like routinely, but we didn't. Well, we're gonna talk no about ca- talk about cancer, like yeah, those. No, I know, yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know, the whole this whole movie child's play gets it into the fact that um, I don't have a theme for it. That's the thing, though. <laughs> I don't have a theme. Um. We, we, in some ways... The Survi- it's, it's surviving the Reagan Bush years. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. The, in some ways, Child's Play does have a theme about... Um, Don't be an ungrateful little shithead. Kind of. <laughs> and it kind of has... It kind of goes into the fact that, like, this is what happens with, like, your, your younger years and, like, um, you know, the dangers involved in, in your younger years... And the dangers of, like, becoming obsessed with, like, advertisements and stuff like that. But overall, Child's Play really doesn't have much of a theme to it. And that is one thing that stands out to me about the movie. When you think about after you've watched it, after this 88 minutes of film, what did you really get out of the film as a whole? Entertainment. Yeah, it's a popcorn movie through and through. And it really has no... Not- I was say, who going into this movie, what fa- Aesop's fable would you be expecting from this? No, that's true. I mean, I'm not accept- I'm not expecting a fable, but if you think about even, like, some of the more prolific uh, horror films of the time, even Fright Night, uh, another Tom Holland movie, what's a uh, fable of Fright Night? You know, you don't trust people around you, you don't... About vampires, you, you know, there's there's some there's some uh, morals there. In Child's Play, it's really difficult to pinpoint exactly like what the theme of this movie should be. Is it don't practice voodoo? No, yeah, that's true. Don't practice random <laughs> Gigi that you've just. <laughs> and if you're the street. ass, and if you, which by the way, the guy that taught Brad Dorf how to do all this voodoo shit, and he's like, when and he. Chucky comes back to, to like ask him like how the fuck do I get out of this body, and he's like I can't tell you you're evil you're using it for evil. It's like what did you think when you're giving him the lessons like you're such a nice like, were you like sipping tea? Yeah, seriously, you're like Charlie Ray. That mm. that name sounds familiar. Did you just rape and murder a couple women down by the yeah, lake? Yeah. He's like no no no. And I was a different <laughs> Charlie Ray and a guy with three <laughs> three uh, male names. <laughs> Uh, no, I was a different guy. Yeah, you're right. Like, when this guy's learning and he's hanging out with him as an accomplice, like, what is he thinking of? Because we kind of get the assumption that this guy who's teaching him Gigi is, is also... Well, like, when they first talk about him, when Chris Sarandon's talking about him, it sounds like he's an accomplice of some sort. Like, he, oh, he's been hanging out with this guy, and he's got a big wall mural of, you know, Candyman light on the wall. <laughs> um... You know, it sounds like he's an accomplice to him. But then when you meet him, he's like, you're evil, you know, stay away from me. I don't I don't trust you and you're going to do evil things with this spell. It was like, well, if you're teaching a guy 
how to transfer his body into an inanimate object. Like, what do you think he's going to be using? Like, why, 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 why would that, like, come, you know? What kinds of people? Situ- it's, 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 what situations is this, is this fellow getting himself into where he's like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> One I day know. I might have to you know, do a voodoo soul it, transfer. Possible. And you also show him, then, where your own voodoo doll is. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true, too. Why does he know about... Where his own personal who first of all who builds your own voodoo doll like why would unless you're like like Ooh, someone sucked my dick <laughs> like have a Barbie doll like uh, on that voodoo doll but who builds their own voodoo doll I mean I don't ha- know enough about it to say but maybe like if you're a practitioner you have to have maybe you maybe you do maybe like I it's, I, uh, I, I don't know maybe that's it's the risk involved in practicing you know voodoo mm-hmm. you got to have your own because we know that in this GG practice. There are a lot of random ass rules about it. Like, uh, you grow a heart randomly after you've been. You in become a, more and more human. Yeah, you after you've been an inanimate object that is literally the furthest away from human. <laughs> then you start becoming human. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But there's a lot of rules involved in this GG. Uh, you have to shoot them in the heart. Uh, you have to. Which uh, where is the heart at all? That's true. What if the heart is in the leg? Why does Chucky seem to have superhuman strength? It's a fucking doll. There's a lot of rules, and we don't understand all the rules in Gigi, so that's why. We just don't understand it It just happens. Yeah. So, one thing that stands out to me about Charles Play, I talked about this about, you know, Charles Lee Ray, but in general, I feel like they gloss over a lot of these details. Like, Gigi as a whole, and the whole voodoo aspect of this film is really like, a snap of the fingers. Like, you learn about it, you see it happen, it's over. Done. That's it. It makes so, it makes for a nice weird intro after he gets shot and he's running around yeah, cursing like the police ran- officer. Random criminal and all then, of a sudden popping out his uh, voodoo you know, ritual. All I could think of was like the Jackie Chan Adventures uh, cartoon and uh, Uncle would be like, Moogle Fai Gai Figi I do like how like this not, didn't seem to dawn on Chris Sarandon at all. Like, uh, weird thing happened tonight. Uh, Building imploded. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was chasing a criminal. I shot him, heard him chanting some weird vowel sounds and then all of a sudden <laughs> giant, lightning. giant lightning bolt just struck the building and exploded i don't know what made happened. the building implode i was okay but everything else was torn asunder yeah no just, uh, he decided not to put that in his report you know no he's just, no he's thoughts like, about it just kind of move yeah. on to the next case woman got thrown out a window uh just moving on must have been the four-year-old yeah I do, uh, I do like that about this film. It just sort of like you know, no one really is is uh, perturbed by any of those events. They're just like building gets struck by lightning. It's completely normal in Chicago. Um, a a six year old child is involved in the explosion of an apartment building on like uh, the, the <laughs> crappy side of town. That's completely normal in Chicago too. He takes a takes a train all across town. I like this. Like the best part, I love too, of him walking through the city of Chicago just by himself with this with Chucky and no one, like no adults, like going like up to him, like what the hell are you doing? Where's your Where's your parents? Nope. Nope. Just fucking kid. You know, he's gotta go somewhere. It's called being living in a city, I guess. Just like everybody else's business, you know. 
Kid, kids do what kids do. Well, that, ain't, that ain't my business. Fucking business. Right, yeah. But I do like in this movie, like none of the cops, they have like no one has any creativity to think of outside of the box. They're, you know, because it, it not none of this makes any sense for a six year old to be doing. You know, even though the I guess some of the some of the um hints are there that he was involved in some way, like being at the apartment building when it exploded. You're not immediately thinking like, yeah, this kid well, how, I to know. blow the pilot light out. I want to know how he survived that. He was, last we saw before the building. Waddling by the, yeah, he's like, Jackie! Waddling by the building. Jackie! Explodes. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of, it would be a funny shot if the building exploded and they just had him in the foreground and he turns <laughs> around like, I know. I was gonna say. I was hoping you'd get back to the rocking chair. Chucky'd be there. Like, Chucky, that's where you are. And then just like, blow up and like, have him go. Oh, yeah. oh. Just, or after he gets done taking a piss, just have him. You know, Chucky. <laughs> just the building blows up. And be like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh. It is pretty funny that like all the cops though seem to think like he was the one that did it. Like he. Knew to blow up the pilot light, he opened up the oven, he set the gas going, and then he assumed that this guy was going to shoot his gun for no reason in an apartment. It's, Which, I, that wouldn't cause an explosion anyway. I mean, I just am questioning why he would just randomly shoot off his gun in his apartment. Just like, open the door. I guess when you're a criminal you do that? Well, because it's a shithole. That's, that's, that's why true. There's, you're just like, I That's why know. he's just living with rats, you yeah. know. It's infested. They just, you know. Yeah. Which overall, his apartment on the inside didn't look too terrible. It's just got, just got rats everywhere. That's right. Um, so, I think that another thing that stands out, and I, I called this, I said this film doesn't really have, you know, a theme to it. It doesn't really, it, it, it feels like a very light film. Like, nothing really happens in this movie. Well, it's 88 minutes long. Yeah. I would say that, like, nothing <laughs> Of substance really happens. Like, you just go from one event to the next, and then it's over. I I don't know why it feels this way to me, but it just feels like something, like, I watched it. It was entertaining when I watched it. Not very memorable once you get done with it. It's not a film that really stands out to you. Well, not only that, it's also, for an 88-minute film, it takes, like, half the film before you get to finally hear Chucky like, You fucking bitch! You slut! Yeah, you you were looking forward to that, right? I do remember that, but no, like, I, I like, it takes forever to get there. Right, it's like, yeah. Jesus. It's just, you know. And it, it's, and I don't remember that. I'm like, God, the film's like 88 minutes. Like, it's taking sweet time just to get to him being. Because it out as more of like a mystery style, style thing. You know, we have the whole police detective coming yeah. in. Chris Sarandon as the police detective coming in. You know, who could have killed her? Yeah, but it's pointless because we already know as the audience right. that it's Chucky because we saw oh, yeah. him. Yeah, we already know, and so him does seem like shit. a waste of time to have to wait for the characters to to catch on to to understand that yeah, it's really a doll that's doing this, and it does seem like it takes too long. But at the same time, I would say that for eighty eight minutes of child's play, it's really not that long. It doesn't feel that long either. Once no, it's it, going. You know, it's sort of smooth sailing from there. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of. And like I said, it just kind of plays. It just kind of plays out, and you're, you know, you're open to it. But there's really nothing of substance that co- that jumps out at you. It's it's very. And one thing that also stands out to me is that the film has a really low body count. I'm su- I was surprised that even seeing this film not too long ago, I didn't remember that it had such a low body count. Um, 
throughout this movie. There's really not that many kills. I'm not that surprised because usually the first film in slasher films is always, you know, if you think mm-hmm. about it, like even like Halloween and Friday the 13th and all, they always have like low body counts to start with. And I think this one has like five. Uh, yeah. So we get the, I mean, we get the first one. Baggy. The, yeah. Eddie. Yeah. The voodoo man. Yep. Um, the doctor in the, uh, oh yeah. The, yeah. The yeah. asylum. She almost forgot about that one already. Well, cause it wasn't really memorable. Yeah. And, and, and then, I think maybe one more. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, so it's either four or five. Yeah, and it's just kind of a, a low body count. There's uh, none of them are really that memorable in terms of what happens to the, to well, the person. Maggie, her getting fucking yeeted is hilarious. Yeah, Maggie getting slammed in the face with a little tiny hammer, which I laugh at because it like it leaves like a huge mark. It's like it's supposed to be a kid's hammer set. <laughs> You mean to tell me in the eighties they're packing real steel? You got you got a real claw hammer in here. You got a real you know, yeah. But uh, you know, I think that for the most part, you know, try I I Charles Play is a fun movie. I want someone to do the math to figure out like how much force he'd have to hit her with that hammer to knock her back and fucking eat her out that far. She she really caught some velocity there going out the window. We just because yeah. she was just kind of stumbling backwards, and then all of a sudden, like swoo, flew out the window. Um. So yeah, I think Child's Play is a fun movie, and I think another one of the reasons why it does work so well is I like Chris Sarandon a lot in this movie. I think he's good in every movie that he's in, really. But uh, I like Chris Sarandon in this one because he has that really stereotypical like Chicago cop, like <laughs> you know, lady, what are you talking about? You crazy. You're crazy lady. And uh All he's missing is an old style in hand yeah. and, a, and a nice Chicago deep dish. I wish he yeah. had Chicago deep dish. That would have been great. They should have at least like I've during cra- that scene where I've been she, craving of it late. <laughs> where during that scene where she uh is like going around at night uh to like find the homeless mm-hmm. person that sold her the doll. The peddler. The, sorry, the peddler, yeah. They should have <laughs> ended that scene on they go to get deep dish pizza. And they discuss instead of being I'm in the car. Gl- I'm glad they didn't go the romance route because. Oh yeah, typical like she's eight- single single mom. He's a single police detective. Saves her from being raped by the peddler. Oh yeah, that's T- oh that would have been a great yeah yeah. All of a sudden she they just kiss because like, well that's I didn't have to have forced sex with that guy. I'm gonna have sex with you instead. I mean that is an eighties. No, it totally is. Yeah, that happens yeah. all the time. Um, so, yeah, that is nice that they kind of skip over that, and they really don't... Don't you just love that scene, though, too? Just, like, she's like, tell me where you got the doll, and he's like, all right, just, you gotta give me give me what you have. And she said, I'll give you everything I have. And it's like $3, and <laughs> he's like, that's not enough, that's not it. She's like, that's all I have. And he's like, it's not all you have. And then as she, he forces himself on her. All the fucking homeless, you know, because they're... It's the 80s. It's the Reagan Bush years. It's all oh, homeless and poor. They're fucking all degenerates in Vegas. So they're all sitting there going, eh, eh, you know. He's gonna just, rape her. Yeah, yeah. Le- le- being lecherous. Like, yeah, good, you know. <laughs> yes. Not one of them was like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck you doing, but You know, yeah, right? we're yeah. homeless. No, we're not <laughs> I do like that. You're right. They, they they skimp out on the the romance there. They, that's like not even a hint at all. There's never no. an indication that is like these two are gonna get together at some point. It's just more like 
he's helping her out because he's like, this lady's fucking crazy. She's going to get herself killed in like some Chicago alley if I don't come <laughs> with her. And that's like really his only motivation. And then after that, it's like a uh, fucking doll choked me with my, my own uh, um, uh, jumper cable. So I need to f- finish this. I need to see this through. And, and the other thing that I do uh, think is interesting too, is that uh, they, as a character, like I would say Chris Sarandon's character like, no one is really fleshed out in this movie. No characters are fleshed out. But they do have that scenario where she mentions how Chris Sarandon doesn't like loose to lose, yeah, leave loose ends. And then they show him looking up Charles Lee Race. Was, case. He, was he Charles Bronson? I, I mean, I kind of like that, though, because at least it gives him some motivation. Like, he has this internal, like, feeling that he just needs to finish this. Um, I like that about it because I, I would say that for the film to not have very much in the way of development for any of its characters, at least they're able to give some development that's not like externalized as a dialogue. Like you're this way or you're, I mean, it is sort of externalized as dialogue. She says it directly, but <laughs> still at the same time, it's, it comes out in terms of how his character is shown throughout the film. So I like that about that. Um, other than that though, yeah, every, every other character is sort of like really two-dimensional um i would say that uh um karen as a the mom character is very much like stereotypical mom character um but i will say as flat as every all the characters are our main cast of characters i'd say overall well acted yeah sure i mean it's well acted and i think i think katherine hicks she she does a good job Mm -hmm. you know she's doesn't come off as really campy and corny. There's a couple of lines that are kind of like the way she delivers it. It's kind of a little too like hammed up, but for yeah. the most part, she plays it straight and does it really well. Chris Sarand, he took a while for me to kind of like. At first, I'm like, this is too fucking corny. Like the whole like eh, cop, you know, Chicago cop. She got yeah, yeah. Chicago cop hey, delivering you know. some sort of like campy line. Yeah, he does but, get those occasionally. But I, you know, grew on me and our nice child protagonist, I actually think he does a damn good job. He does a good job. Because he's I not, just... he's not really, I don't, don't fi- and I usually find child actors to be insufferable and annoying, <laughs> but he's, I like him. He's not bad at I, all. I feel like though they did play up like the, the baby talk that he has sort of thing. Like, uh, yeah, mommy, now... mommy, uh, Chucky said this to you. Like, I think they made him do that baby talk a little bit yeah. too much. I, I don't know that that's well, really I think, how he would have talked. Well, I think that, I was, yeah, well, that, because I, like I said, I didn't think he was like six years old, but yeah. apparently he is. But yeah, now, he seems now, like, now, now, now. I was say now with the way, like, some kind of how he talks, like, oh, he might be have low-level autism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he very well could well, be. Might <laughs> want that, uh... I want him looked at. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, keep him in the observation for. A little oh wait, time. no, because the asylum they send him off to is like also like every typical asylum. Yeah, like, that's true. Straight from a Geraldo uh, fucking story. <laughs> yeah, hey, here they are. They're all just dingy and you know. Yeah, and you've you've got like cages on yeah. the doors and stuff. Like they haven't shown that Andy like requires cages, so. Don't worry, you're acting, you're being hysterical. Let me shove this needle in you, you know. <laughs> no alcohol, rub, or anything. Just gonna, gonna put you to sleep. It's heroin. Let's talk about the uh, the Chucky designs because, as you can see throughout the film, they sort of differ in, especially because some of them were shot as literal dolls that they did, you know, some motion with. Some of them were shot as an actor in a mask 
that was performing like the running mm. sequences and stuff like that. And then obviously they had to change the design for the last part of the film when Chucky's all burnt up and uh, in a basically he's like a pile of ash that's sentient and walking. Uh, what did you think about all the uh, different designs that they have? Yeah. I th- I feel like my yeah. biggest concern is that they are not consistent sometimes, especially the face. So I understand like the faces are difficult to do because sometimes you have like the motorized version of the face. Sometimes you have a mask. It's, so it's hard to remain consistent. But I would say that in this film specifically, it tends to change too much throughout. Like you see uh, a vast difference in the the actual visual aspect of his face throughout. And I think that the lack of consistency is a little bit of an issue. Is it me or is it overalls change halfway through too? Do they change? I didn't... It looks like they just went from plain overalls to like overalls with like all the good guy like... Oh, I didn't notice. Like I symbols didn't... on it, like ha- the hammer and all that Possibly. shit. Possibly, yeah. I know like... Uh, I know his shoes have the, the symbols, like the hammer, the... What else does he have? Screwdriver. I don't know. The toy He has set. some weird things though. Like he has like a knife, like a pocket knife. I think, and stuff like That's that. That's what distracted me the most. The knife that he's using at the end. Well, it looks like it's a fucking plastic knife. What are you running away from? Like, no, yeah. oh, no, he's got a plastic knife! <laughs> yeah. Um, I Same think- thing, too, like, at the end. Like, just shoot him in the heart. That's how you kill him. Like, why is she, like, when he's running at her, just like, put your foot down on top of his skull and just plug away Especially at- when he's, like, got missing limbs yeah you just can't move anymore. just walk right up put your foot on the little bastard and just you know plug away <laughs> until until you finally hit him in the heart um i think i i do like the the burnt design that he has at the end that's sort of like grotesque enough where the plastic sort of melting off his it is like it just it just made me think of uh terminator just like, it does yeah. yeah yeah it's it's very similar especially like you mentioned, as he just like keeps coming, yeah, you know, even when she blows his head off, even when she blows off his arm, he's and still he, moving and, forward. Say, and even at that point, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think even by the eighties, it's like a, a tired trope of like, like, oh, it's not really dead, you know? Yeah, the the uh, main villain won't die. Yeah, even then, like, so they, let's see, I think there's three instances of him not being dead, right? Well, the she whole burns him. Yeah, well, he comes back. Uh, Andy was trying out his best Horatio Kane line. Like, we're friends, right? Friends to the end. And this is the end. Yeah. This is the end. Friend. Friend. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> Put the sunglasses on. Flame blast. Go up, and then all of a sudden he's on a boat. Um. Yeah. So they. So they do that. They burn him. So then he comes back. Even though. Shoot him. Even though that poor Juju man said, have to go for the heart. Like, no, let's incinerate him. Well, they weren't there. Well, no, she was there. Yeah, she she heard him directly. Go for the heart. He, yeah. And it wasn't like he said it in a dying gasp that she couldn't really understand. Like, no, he... For the... Her, and like something like that. Well, no, go for was, the... Go for the humorous. <laughs> <laughs> no, she heard him directly. Shoot him in the heart. And she didn't do it. But, uh, yeah, so there's there's three times where he comes back. So this is sort of overkill in that. What's point. up, by the way, with porn stash, uh, detective? Police detective? Yeah. Friend. What's his role even in this film? I don't know, but I like him. <laughs> I like him because he's so, like, wry and, and uh, you know, like, he's not taking anything seriously. He's like this, you're talking about a fucking doll coming to life? 
Do you think he was actually cast for the movie? He's just some asshole who stumbled on the set and he's like, probably, what the fuck's a, real, going probably on? a real Chicago detective. Just like, what the fuck's going on? He is definitely the type of person that I can see hanging out eating a jelly donut. <laughs> with the jelly like falling out of the donut onto his shirt and then he just like wipes it up with the donut and goes back to work I he's see. definitely that type of so I totally see, believe when I, see, see when I think of that cop I think of the fat cop from the Santa Claus yeah. when the elf spray oh came. that is true too I think yeah that's that's, that's, that's the cop I think of but because he's, he's too trim for that yeah I don't think he's eating donuts he's just eating pussy the entire time that's with that mustache that's true he don't have to. He doesn't have, he doesn't to, have to do that. Yeah, yeah. they just poof, right on him. That is. I mean, I like the guy. He, he no, I'm shows not, up for like five minutes. No, movie, I'm not saying. Like I'm not guy. saying he's bad, but like the fact that he's barely in the film is like what? Yeah, just kind of shows up randomly. Like, why the fuck are you here? Yeah, I think he's one of my favorite parts of the movie, though. Just, just random cop guy who doesn't take anything seriously. He's talking about a. He's talking about the mallet. He's like. You're kidding me, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> this is the murder weapon. He's the, he he is the audience. Yeah, basically. Yeah. He's the audience that's like, wait, that's not a plastic <laughs> toy. That's, that's that's a real claw hammer. Yeah. Um. What else do you want to talk about? What do you think of the soundtrack? Soundtrack is like uh, not very prevalent. I don't remember it very well. It's not, I mean, it's not prevalent in the sense that you don't remember it, but it's prevalent in the fact that it's constantly playing throughout the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not something memorable. I wouldn't say that the the film even really has that good of a theme until the very end, which is that, like, sort of gospel-y, uh... It's not. It just, uh, it just made me think of like the because con- it had the constant like synth stage. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Made me think like you're playing like an R- like a RPG or like a PS one like horror game where like around every corner you hear like <laughs> the sting. Yeah, yeah. I would say that like it's not memorable because it resembles so much the films of the eighties like. Kind of reminds me a little bit, the sting a little bit of Halloween. Halloween sting right. a little bit. Right, yeah, like, hey. yeah, I could see that. Yeah, just like... I'm not saying it's like super similar, but, but it's, it's, like it's, the, it's, it's like the same synth sound. Yeah. Like the, they use the same type of synth um, and sound when they, and tone, tone, yeah. and when they did that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's fine. It doesn't really like stand out at all and like... You wouldn't ever say, like, I want to listen to that Child's Play soundtrack. Gotta get out of vinyl. <laughs> Put that Child's Play soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that, but, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was all right. It wasn't, you know, ear grating or anything like that. It wasn't Death Wish 2 levels of... How dare you? <laughs> it wasn't Death Wish 2, like, Jimmy Page the, worked on all that. All over the place, uh, you know, s- different types of sound like that. That, that intro theme for Death Wish 2 is absolutely amazing. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and so is the soundtrack of. <laughs> that's what I imagined. Uh, like, if you ever get to the gates of hell and it's opening up, that's what it sounds like. The the <laughs> yeah. synth sounds of Death Wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we talked about the kills um, for the most part. I mean, they're not really that memorable because the film is surprisingly gory, though. Yeah, those are some moments. No, oops, sorry. <laughs> though there's not a lot of kills. Like, it, really fond of showing like blood splattering from because yeah, because yeah, Chucky's like, tiny, so he's got to cut the. Yeah, he always sure. goes for the Achilles. You yeah, know? the the blood splatter from the Achilles is something that they like to 
they really got in mm-hmm. there with like Chris Sarandon's cuts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, splattering around. And the do- doctor too, he did the same thing. Yep. Yeah. I do like, and I even though it sort of seems super unrealistic, I do like that little mallet to the face where it leaves that mark you know, hole in her head. That's pretty good, just before she falls out the window. Um, the bite mark that uh, yeah she gets from Chucky. Yeah, I would say like it's it's understated, and I, I like a lot of things that Child's Play does because even in Child's Play, um, when they do have those scenes where they could show Chucky actually moving of his own volition. They tend to show it from like a shot where you can't really see Chucky as a doll. Or so you only P- see like either POV or from far away. Yeah, yeah, from far away. I do like that too, where it's sort of understated and you don't get that exaggerated shot where you're like, okay, this is obviously a guy in a costume, you know, running. Or like in the later ones, like CGI. Yeah, you know, or like CGI. Video. Yeah, yeah. I do like how they sort of shot everything from afar, so they they got away with it, so it could actually look like a doll. Um, makes it better. And so, and I think that they were doing the same thing with the the violence. Like they didn't want to go over the top with how he kills people, which, cause they left that for mm. two and three. Um, but they still do get the violence and the gore in there. So. Cause it's like when he kills the doctor with him, shocking him, his head to <laughs> yeah. death. Like if it was in a later film, it'd be like, his head fucking just totally explodes. Yeah. Explodes. Yeah. 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 Then just like the subtle bleeding from the mouth and the eyes and the ears. Yep. Yeah. Alright, uh, you got anything else that you want to talk about specifically? No, I think that covers it. That pretty much is it. Um, I mean, like I said, Trance Play, it's really like one of those films you watch for fun, and it doesn't have a huge meaning otherwise, and it's not really, you know, it's not it's not uh, a packed movie. Kind of like a little engine that could of films. Yeah. A film that, on all for all intents and purposes... Should not be as well remembered as it, it is. It shouldn't be, yeah. It shouldn't be that successful. It shouldn't have spawned a number of sequels. And yet, here we are. <laughs> 30 years later. With a remake and a TV series on the way. And, you know, that's one of the things, though. Like, here we are. We're talking about Child's Play, the original. Started this whole thing. We're an hour into the podcast. we pretty much run out of things to say. Now, think about it as a 13-episode TV series. What are you going to say that hasn't been done in the film series in 13 well, fucking gonna, episodes? Are they going to go this like scream route and this have it? Like, it's not tied to the movies. I don't know. But like a Child's Play TV show sounds so so, so like a really bad idea because... Well, who's put doing it? I don't know. Like, what chance? Is it? I can't... I don't, I don't even know. I, I haven't followed it that closely. But it sounds so... like Because it's such a limited scope of an idea... It's not even like we have multiple dolls. You have one doll. You have one doll that's running around doing all this stuff. So there's really not that much room to explore this idea. Unless they're going to go with like, we're going to do like all of the films in one season. Yeah, at least you got a little bit more room yeah, to work but with. Still. Yeah, still, I, I just don't see the point. I th- feel like it's just, you know, it's really stretching out an idea to its breaking point. So... No, I, I'd agree. I wouldn't have no interest in seeing that show. It's kind of like with the uh, Tremor show that used to be on Sci-Fi. Yeah. It's kind of like... What the... Yeah, right. Like, like what, <laughs> what do you do with the Tremor show? Like, I remember watching it and being like, I mean, really? You know. <laughs> Long periods of time of just like people sitting on a shed. Right? <laughs> it's, like... it's like, how many times do you have like grab boys running around perfection and be like... Eh, eh. 
Gotta have the dad around from fa- you know family ties. They're all they're back. They're you know they're, the worms are back again. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think that like having a show about child's play is really gonna just kill whatever momentum you might have from it. It's just not enough of an idea there. It's good for a movie. You know, a quick movie, get in and get out, like this one does. Well, maybe they'll go but, the le- leprechaun route and now just start putting him in weird places. Yeah. Now he's in Vegas. <laughs> now he's in the ghetto. Now he's in space, you know. Maybe. They'll probably just play up the goofy aspect of it. Probably. Which is interesting because it never used it. Like, Child's Play 1, and I, I want to say even Child's Play 2, although it got goofier, those two were really, they were still grounded in their own way, and then you get Child's Play 3 and after, and they kind of, you know, they, they're off the deep end, but um, it is interesting how we got from that point. I think once you get through so many sequels, they all get to that point where you're like, what do we do that's serious anymore? Nothing. Yeah. We can't do anything serious anymore, so we got to go the comedy route. So I think that's where this one went, and I imagine that's where the TV show will have to go. So, But that's it. So we did uh, we did the original Child's Play. At some point, we will catch the remake. We'll we'll do it at some point. You know, Martin's got to have his uh, Aubrey Plaza. So and Mark Hamill <laughs> and Mark Hamill. So uh, we'll do that at some point. Um, but I don't it's know. not a remake. It's a reboot. That's true. It's a reboot. Um. So probably next time will be Spider-Man: Far From Home. Right. We're gonna try to hit that this weekend sometime and. Hopefully we can get it done for next week. I hope Aunt May is safe. I'm sure she will be. <laughs> you hope that she has a, a bigger role. I want to see just an Aunt May movie. You want to? You want to? Uh, like NC Seventeen Spider Man movie. I want to see Aunt May alone at home, and it's just her like <laughs> flipping through the TV guide, like nah, nothing's interesting. That's all you want. And just like, oh, maybe I'll go to the park today and just see her like walking through Central Park. Like, it's nice not having Peter around. I'm sure it'd be really, really easy to turn Spider Man into a porno. You know, you could go the Gonzo Bukaki route. It's pretty easy to do. So, I wasn't even going to that. I was really just talking about. I would be inter- more interested in just, just watching the life versus- times of the anime. Go- yeah, yeah. Just like, just like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna. She's supposed to be an old lady, so like a make, corner hot like, dog. Like, like you know, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go down and get myself a nice Nathan's. Yeah. You know, you'd see that and just be like, do I risk the taco stand? <laughs> like, oh, it didn't work out last yeah. time. You know, <laughs> you go the mundane life, life of Aunt May. It's a good idea. So like, yeah, like, we, like, what fun is she up to without you know Peter around being Peter? <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back next week with Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, gotta give it a rating. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. We gotta give this. A, I forget. We, we didn't give this a rating. No, we did so, not. So um, for Child's Play, on a scale of one to ten, um, Chicago policeman hats. Oh, okay. Was it gonna go a different way? No. Yeah. No. Fine. Let's hear. It. Let's. Hear it. I was just gonna say, uh, you know, big dicked Brad Dourif murals. <laughs> That's better. Yeah, zero, out of one to ten, Brad, Brad Dourif big dick murals. What would you give uh, Child's Play? Six and a half. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a lot better than I remember it being. I remember not really caring for the film at all, but it's actually pretty enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really have 
any substance to it at all. It's an idea that should not really work, but it's interesting enough. It's quick-paced enough. But as you said, like at the end of it, nothing really happens or is accomplished. Um, I think for a slasher film, it's totally middle of the road. You know, it's not bad. It's not terrible. Um, I think if they actually spent a little bit more time instead of in the first... I'm not saying make the film longer, cause, but I'm saying, like, because the first half of the film is so slowly paced on, like, trying to, like, oh, who did it? You know, if they just kind of built up the characters themselves and have Chucky start doing things earlier, it'd make the film a lot more interesting. But, um, I think, I think it's pretty, you know, it's not a bad film. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worthy of, you know, being a cultural icon 30 years after <laughs> the fact. Sequels. And, you know, but, yeah. yeah. It's definitely nowhere near the worst slasher film. It's entertaining on its own right. But like you said, I afterwards, it's a film that's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably give it like middle of the road seven. Just because, you know, it's fun. It's entertaining. You watch it. You know, everything is fine. It works well. Um, well directed. Well acted. Everything is good about it. Could be much worse. Like we've seen much worse in terms of uh, 80s films, slasher films like that. Um, but at the same time, like you're just left with not really feeling anything about it once it's over. It's just, you watched it. It's a good movie. And then you forget about it. There's really nothing else to it. And I feel like, um, it's just ultimately a forgettable movie, which is sort of seems at odds with its lasting power. Like that we've gotten so many more films of this nature. Like Leprechaun makes more sense because it's like, like terrible but at least from the terribleness like there are like a lot of moments where you can pick out like that's fucking so stupid and yeah ridiculous that's hilarious here like literally outside of like you fucking bitch not really that you know yeah, much. it's like serious and and it was only like later on that they were like you know what we can do with this really goofy uh idea of a, of a doll coming to life we'll just make it really cheesy that that came later but in child's play really there is no you know, they didn't go that route. They they really wanted to make it a serious, a more serious film. One that had suspense. Like, I'm thinking when Chucky rolls underneath the couch and she has to go underneath mm. the couch to look for him. And that's a really suspenseful moment where she's, like, prodding him. And they didn't, it really did not devolve into anything where they tried to make it cheesy or he cracked a joke mm. while she went under, like, you know, thanks for going down mm. on me or anything like that <laughs> underneath the couch. Um, you know, that would have been a, a chance oh, for that's to go what, goofy. That, but. That's what you forgot to talk about, the whole batteries sequence. Right. Yeah, the, the batteries that are included in the box, they give them two batteries and, you know, definitely they wouldn't include four batteries or especially two pair of, of batteries. Especially of, of D batteries? Yeah, no way. Yeah, I'm I just surprised want... they included one pair of batteries. Yeah, no, but you, it was always batteries sold separately. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to know, though, too, like, this movie could have been ended so much sooner because when they're like, oh, that can't be moving on its own. Like, why did nobody think to pick the fucking thing up and be like, check the batteries and yeah. be like, so it's got bat, you know. Yeah, they could have easily ended that, for sure. Just... Check the batteries. Yeah, it becomes an NC-17 movie as she's prodding around in Chucky's ass <laughs> looking for the batteries. Turn into a puppet. So, you know, it's a fine movie. That's pretty much all I got to say about it. So, so yeah, like I said, we'll be back next time with Spider-Man Far From Home. Talking about Aunt May for 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, 90 minutes. (laughs) Try four hours. Four four hours, yeah. 
Uh, after that, uh, your guess is as good as mine. I really don't know. I don't know what we'll get to. I don't know what hijinks we'll get up to. Well, we'll probably have two reviews in between before we get to it, too. Mm-hmm. Because that comes out late September. So. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have some time to play around with some stuff. Um, so, yeah. Catch us next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much any podcast app you can think of. You can download us, um, subscribe, and listen to us, and leave us a nice review. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast. We're on Twitter at blood and black rum. And uh, we have an email at blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com if you want to write to us and let us know what you like and what you don't like about the show. Um, and then if you do want to donate, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash blood and black rum podcast that helps us um, with the show and keeps us uh, running and has uh, helps us with our um, storage and, and uh, our server. So thanks in advance if you can donate. And uh, we'll be back next time with Spider-Man Far From Home. So we're looking forward to it. Take care.